And I know that you need content this time of year, but uh, perhaps, and this is this is just me, we don't need to go back to the Patrick Mahomes almost was drafted by the Bears. Like, why is this still a story in 2023? We're so far removed. Yeah, we get it. It's like those things where you see actors like, hey, you know, they were uh, they were going to cast Christopher Walken as Han Solo. Like, okay, that's who cares? It's over and it's done with now. We don't need to go back and rehash it. I'm very happy for Patrick Mahomes. I'm happy for the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, it would have been cool if he would have been the Bears quarterback, but guess what? He's not. I've moved on. We've all moved on. We don't need to relive this. And as a matter of fact, why don't we start talking about some of the other teams that passed on Patrick Mahomes? The San Francisco 49ers needed a quarterback so much to the point that they traded for Jimmy Garoppolo during that season. Uh, the LA Chargers. We're very interested. Were they LA at the time? Were they still San Diego? I don't remember. The LA Chargers, very interested in Patrick Mahomes. As a matter of fact, Telesco uh, wanted to do that deal, but they had old man Rivers and uh, things never really quite worked out. But here's the thing. Uh, the past is in the past. Stop dwelling on it. We're, we're, we're good. Bears fans don't care anymore. We've, we've, we've come to grips with it. We're moving on and uh, we're also moving on with this show. So Sammy, let's get started. Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to the sick podcast with Adam Ray. The Sickest Chicago Bears and Fantasy Football Podcast. Brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Sports entertainment like no other. It's going to be sick. It's Tuesday night. You know what that means. And it's time for Take It to the Rank. The Super Bowl is set. Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs will be taking on the Philadelphia Eagles. Of course, Jalen Hurts, who is a favorite of a lot of Chicago Bears fans. We were talking about drafting him a couple of years ago. We thought he would be a good second-round pick. We don't talk about that. We don't need to rehash that either, but what we are going to rehash is everything that's been going on with our co-host, Carmen Vitale, who is joining us once again from Los Angeles. And I want to point this out. Uh, the other night, you were six miles from my home. I and didn't I, know I, I, didn't, I, I didn't. I didn't get a notification at all. I know because it was the thing of like – and. You didn't even post where you were. I recognized the spot because it was so close to my house. So uh, one thing too is that I never post where I am when I'm there. Right. That is like just like online safety rule number one. Of course. So like after like you when, once you had responded to that story, I wasn't in Long Beach anymore. Of course. Um, but yeah, I didn't realize that Long Beach was that close to Huntington. Well, it comes um, in like I'm on this end of Huntington and there's seal beach right there and anything. And by the way, you were at a, uh, you were at a macro brewery. Uh, I wouldn't go, I wouldn't go to Ballas. Everybody knows that like, I'm a fan of rip beer company, Southern California, independently owned and operated green cheek in sunset beach would have been another nice option. If you would have said ballast point, I would have been like, yeah, I can't go. I can't I, do I, it wasn't my choice. It was not. I my, know. Uh, it was not my doing. I met my editor there. Actually, uh, it's a it's a it's a lovely spot. It is right on the water. It's yeah, awesome. It used to be pretty. a. It used to funny enough. It used to be a fish restaurant where I used to do stand up comedy, and we would have comedy contests. And one night I went there and I blew the doors off the building, but because I didn't bring enough friends, 
the guy who brought like 85 people won the ultimate laugh down. I got second. Uh, mm-hmm. I went home with some money, so it was fine. But in any event, how are you doing? How how do you feel about this Super Bowl? What do you think of this matchup? Uh, I'm really excited because, um, I mean, both of those games could have gone either way, but they wouldn't end up being as competitive as I think that we were all hoping or thinking they were going to be. But uh, like I said it before, I said it right after the game too. I know that we all have Chiefs fatigue because, you know, how many different times can we say that they're good? And they're very, they're going to still be good every year because they have built a really good foundation. Um, but I mean, there's so many fun storylines. Obviously, it's the Andy Reid Bowl, Kelsey Brothers Bowl. I think that's the most fun part of all of this. Um, but I mean, the Chiefs absolutely deserve to be there. And then the Eagles do too. They've been the most complete team in the NFL all season long. So are we surprised? No, not at all. And uh, I felt once the Philadelphia Eagles won, uh, the NFL had no choice but to book the Kansas City Chiefs to go to the Super Bowl. Oh, wait, no, is it still? No, I'm just teasing. I'm just joking, everybody, although I do feel bad for the fans of the Cincinnati Bengals. You can't help but feel uh, yeah. a little bit upset. Obviously, the last play that set up the field goal, that was, dude, he was out of bounds. You can't do that. But right. everything up to that, I'll sign the memo. I will let you know that I did not agree with a lot of those calls, but unfortunately for the Bengals, uh, it did not work out for them. And that's something for us to aspire for is, you know, someday, you know, this is where we want the bears to be. And we look at the, the foundations that have been laid by Andy Reid, And of course, what the Philadelphia Eagles have done over the last couple of years, what is it? What is, I don't know. I, I know we've talked about this, but I, when I see the Eagles, I, I still come to the conclusion, like, I don't, I'm probably an idiot, which is, you know, people are like, yep, confirmed. Uh, I don't feel like we're that far away. I know we are, but it doesn't feel like that far away. Am I, am I way off base? Um, no, I mean, I think that you look at the way that they've built, like their roster is built up of multiple draft classes and then some really, really key free agents. So I think you're going to see this off season, I will, I feel like I'll be better equipped to answer something like that after yeah. we see exactly what Ryan Poles does in free agency in particular, because you know how many picks and you know how much capital you have in the draft or relatively how much capital you have in the draft. You know, you can trade down all that other stuff that we want them to do, but I want to see, you know, what he ends up with in free agency. And I was reading a really good article actually on ESPN, um, the top 50 free agents by Matt Bowen. Ooh. A big fan of Matt Bowens. Um, he's great. And yeah, there was some, there was, I was, I'm looking at all like the D tackles that are available. I'm looking at all linemen and I'm like, okay, like there's, there's some, you know, some guys that I didn't realize that Mike Blinchy, uh is coming up on being a free agent this year. So this yeah. off season. And I was a fan of his coming out of college on Notre Dame. So I was too, until he got manhandled by uh, that one guy. Who was it? Oh, somebody hip tossed him. It was crazy, but I, uh, but still I, you know what? I, I look at the Eagles and, uh, I look at the Kansas city chiefs and I don't know. I think that if I was, um, if I was hiring a GM and an assistant GM, those are the two organizations I would pull from. Oh, look, and look how that worked out. Oh my God. That's exactly what we did. So we, oh, okay. So I think the bears, I, I, I feel good about it that way. When everybody was talking about all the storylines, uh, I casually threw out, like, it'll be the Chicago Bears Bowl. And somebody's like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, dude, duh. Poles was in Kansas City. Ian Cunningham was in Philadelphia. Then I was yeah. laughed out of the room, as I typically am. 
And uh, but I think uh, you know when you look at the history and you look at the way these teams are built and the way that they and you talk about the Chiefs fatigue. There's Chiefs fatigue because you know number one their quarterback's really good, but when you have a really good quarterback, it's really easy to build a roster around mm-hmm. him, which I think is something that the Bears are working with right now. And so I think that we'll end up seeing a lot of, um, you know, guys who want to play here. There's going to be a lot of excitement about trying to be a member of the Chicago Bears. When you read the article for ESPN, and I wish I would have mm-hmm. gone, and see, I, I wish I would have seen this. I've been too busy playing golf. Like, I, I know that I should be studying more. Um, but, like, this is a mail-in week for me. I'm not back until oh, yeah. Friday. Like, I don't want to think about anything. Um, yeah, I get it. But when you think about it, was was Payne one of the guys? Do we do we assume like I keep yeah. I keep following uh, command? I almost said the the, the R word. I keep following <laughs> Commanders Twitter, and I feel like you know there's there's disagreements of whether Payne's going to return or not. They have so many so much capital invested in defensive yeah. line in the way of first. It, it seems impossible to me. I mean, I'm I'm looking at this through a Bears fan's lens. So sure. it seems possible that they're going to be able to keep him. Yeah, no. And I think that like, he's a guy that you would obviously prioritize trying the article that, you know, that Matt put together was guys that are currently goal set to be free agents and have not got like Lamar Jackson was the number one guy on his list. Like, yes, okay. we fully anticipate Lamar Jackson staying with Baltimore Ravens, yeah. but uh, in technicalities, he is going to be a free agent and he does not have a long-term deal yet. So it was, it was kind of that. So I think that there was some, a window shopping element to it as well. I like want to take that kind of stuff with a grain of salt. Um, But again, like, especially with Ian Cunningham and like the Eagles tree of front office, we talked so much about coaching trees and I wanted to get, I wanted to talk about this a little bit more too, because there are general manager, like front office trees also. And the one that Howie Roseman has built, the fingers that he has, or the branches that have grown into different areas of the league. Ian Cunningham is a great example of that with the Bears. Uh, Brandon Brown, who is now the assistant GM with the Giants, he was in. He was the head of personnel for the Eagles, the pro personnel, just two years ago. I think he's younger than I am. Like, and he's a genius. He's like, he's fantastic. And he, there's Howie Roseman, like, produces really, really good and very well-rounded individuals that go on to front offices and so to have ian cunningham and again he got gm interviews this year in in this cycle and to have him captaining this with ryan poles who again comes from a really good tree down out of kansas city um i like i just think that the bears are in really capable hands and if there's a potential to get these free agents they're going to be able to do it they have all the resources in front of them and they're also being really smart about it you know, I noticed too with Ian Cunningham turning down some of these jobs. Number one, that's great for us because if he leaves next season, uh, we'd be entitled to, I believe, a third round pick. Yeah, they come. Does that say something? But does that say something to what we can expect from the Bears? Like, if if it was a dumpster fire, which everybody leads us, everybody is under the impression that the Bears are a dumpster fire, and I think that you could look back at the 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 previous decade and be like okay you got a point it's a new organization now as far as i'm concerned completely. new like completely new like you cannot say that it's you know and i know it's a lot of cheese fans popping off but like you cannot say like you know i, I think it says something that ian cunningham did not look at the bears job as a stepping stone 
but as something like, well, I want to sit here and build something. Now, ultimately, he wants to be a GM. He's going to be a GM, and that's fine. That's the way this works, and we'll have no hard feelings. But I think it says something that he did not take the first train out of Chicago, and it should give fans a little bit of hope, like, yeah, there's something going on here. Well, yeah, and I mean, you have to think, too, you have, again, all of these resources at your disposal, and you really get to build a team from the ground up, and that looks good on any sort of resume if you're you know gunning for a gm spot i mean if he was already getting those interviews this year imagine what he's going to be able like the tangible results he's going to be able to show for his time in chicago after just this season this offseason with all of the things that they have at their disposal so i think that and i think you're right too like you look at that as an opportunity of like all right i can really build upon and show what i can do because i'm given all of the resources here that extends to not only the draft capital and the salary cap that you have, cap space that you have, but it extends to, hey, I've got Ryan Poles with me. Like he's my GM. I'm his right-hand man. That's amazing. Then you have the new team president who is very football forward, which is not something that the Bears had before either in Ted Phillips. Ted Phillips was a businessman. And a lot, like I said, a lot of teams operate that way. But I do think you're going to see even more of a shift now that Kevin Warren is team president not necessarily because he has football decisions, because that's still Ryan Poles' job, but because the entire organization is going to be working very cohesively toward the goal of winning championships, building a really good team, building a really good product on the field. And that makes a huge difference. And that's why when we say it's an entirely new organization, it really is. 100%. Even though ownership's the same. No, the ownership. You, you, I think the ownership has done a really nice job of letting people do their jobs. And I think that's exactly what Virginia on the way through, through all the McCaskey kids, like they want to ultimately be successful. They want to be viewed like the Roonies and the Maras and the Hunt family and all that stuff. Like, listen, this is, this is football lineage. And I know, and I, again, I, I blocked them too quickly before I could remember who it was to make fun of them. But this, this chief's guy popping off, it's like, you guys were such a poverty franchise for so long. Like, shut up. You got lucky with Patrick Mahomes. I get it. But you you have done a nice job bringing in Andy. Like, that just shows you how easy, or not how easy, but like how quickly things can change. Like, for the longest time, the Chiefs were just, you know, like, whatever. They were just an AFC team. They had Montana for a bit. Like, okay, they're fine. Bounced out of the playoffs early every year. And then you didn't really think of them. Now they're this model organization because of what they've built. And it's one of the reasons why when people, we talk about this on Twitter all the time, because we get into discussions, it's always like ill will EJ, uh, of course, draft Dr. Phil and Shane and all those guys, like we're going after, not going after people, but people are, they always ask, why are you so confident? Why do you have such confident in confidence in polls and Ian Cunningham? And I'm like, well, let's, let's look at the Super Bowl. Now you can say like, look at the Super Bowl, look where they came from. Like, look at the organizations that they come from. And usually these guys end up being pretty successful. I think that Scott Pioli left the, the Patriots organization. He helped lay the groundwork of what's going on in Kansas City right now. So there is some sense uh, to all that stuff, and there's a reason why there's optimism. Also, you know, I, I was reading something today, too. The Chargers uh, have a little bit of a pickle of what they want to do uh, on their defensive front with, you know, Joey Bosa, Joey Bosa, mm-hmm. Joey Bosa, and Khalil Mack. Like there's a there's an there's a chance that Khalil Mack could end up getting cut, and I and this is no disrespect to Khalil, and I hope he goes off and gets paid. I hope he gets cut, just for the whole thing of like getting brisker, 
for Khalil Mack, who got cut after one season, I think would be the the, the cherry on top to everything. Yeah, I Am mean, I you don't want a report player to be. Uh, yeah, a little bit, just because, like, I don't come I on. Don't think that I don't think that with the success that Brisker has had already, and like you have to think that that's going to continue. Like, it's just a matter of time before you realize that that trade was entirely worth it. Like, yeah. and it that doesn't matter what happens with Khalil. Like, Khalil could go out and have a fantastic season next year and still be with the Chargers and whatever, and you're going to see the return on investment being out in the Bears' favor because of the fact that Jaquan Brisker is a rookie this year, and mm-hmm. you are building the defense. Like, he is one of the pieces you're building a defense around. Yeah. So, like, it's just going to take some time. You know, we don't need to wish ill on Khalil Mack. He's going to get paid. He's going to get a job. That's like whenever, like whenever I always look at it, I've, I've said this for the longest time when these coaches get fired, you know, yeah. uh, we'd, we'd be in meetings and they'd be like, who is a coach who was fired? Nathaniel Hackett. Okay. For instance, people would be like, Hey, you know, like that's a guy like he's, he's fine. I'm like, shut up. Like, what are you talking about? This guy's going to make, he's first of all, he had a contract that he's going to get paid for three more years, regardless of if he's working or not. And to me, the NFL is like one big corporation. And sometimes you get downsized and shipped to another branch, but ultimately you work for the same company. Like think of the NFL as like Dunder Mifflin. And it's like, we got all these different branches in Vegas and LA and Atlanta and all this stuff. And guys just get shuffled around. And at some point you're going to be the head coach in Atlanta. And then you're going to go back to being the offensive coordinator in Jacksonville. It doesn't matter. You're still going to end up with a job as long as you want it. I don't, I I don't, I don't, I'm very callous this way, but you're all getting paid. You're fine. If Cleo Mack is going to get paid, if Cleo Mack was cut, he would be signed by the Buffalo Bills immediately. And then him and Von Miller would go out there and they'd wreck shop and it would be even better because we'd be like, oh, Khalil's out there in Buffalo killing it. We got Jaquan Brisker. We don't look like idiots for trading him because like the, the overall public needs to be spoon fed. These things like the nuance of what you just said about Jaquan Brisker is absolutely the truth. Joe average fan does not look at it that way. He looks at oh, you guys traded Khalil Mack. And it's like, and you can't argue with that. Like, you're just like, nah. it's like, like, no, this, is the, this is the, this is the, this is the, well, this is the problem with social media. Like normally you go to a, you go to like rip beer company or something like that. And it's one guy at a bar who's just sitting there talking out of his rear end. And you're like, ah, okay, whatever, sir. I don't, I don't have to, I just walk over here. I don't ever have to hear from you again. Social media is millions of people like that guy who just show up in your feed and yeah. I can't block, I can't block them fast enough. I know I, try. I mute a lot of people. I don't, I don't use the block button probably near as often as I should. I do mute people a lot though. My thing in, and this gets on my nerves and which is why, like, I mean, I still want to be myself on social media. Like I don't want to be a robot. that's just reporting news and whatever. Like I want you to have some insight into my personality and right. so we can all get to know each other and whatever, like even talking about last of us. And I'm oh like, I don't like this show. We're in trouble. I don't, like we're in it. trouble. Like, I'm, I'm just saying, I don't like it. Like Aaron Nagler's very, Aaron Nagler's very know, disappointed. Nagler's in so disappointed in me. And, and yeah, and, us, and like, but it's like, no, you need to watch it. Yeah. I'm like, no, I don't like, I, I'm sure it's a great show and I'm sure that the, the plot lines and the characters are very well developed and all the other stuff. I don't like dystopian zombie apocalypse type shows. I don't so, like it doesn't put me in the right, in the right headspace. That's all I, that's all I'm saying is that I don't get it. And that's fine. You, we don't all have to like agree on every single thing. You continue, but, to, you continue to like those shows. That's fine. 
anybody who's familiar with it, I watched the first 26 minutes. I didn't know what it was. I just saw that it was a brand new show. It was the first night it came out. That's oh, yeah. Sunday night, three weeks ago. So I'm like, oh, The Last of Us. And it's got um, it's got the Mandalorian in it. Like the Mandalorian's the yeah. star. So you're yeah, like, yeah. okay. So right. um, and I I won't say any spoilers, but so I'm like, oh, this is an opportunity to get ground floor on something because you too often you're behind and you miss the boat right. and then you lose right. interest. So I was watching it and I was uh, honestly, I I don't mind apocalyptic things. 26 minutes into it, and I'm like, this is a cool show, and it's thing, and then something happens. And you're like, yeah, I'm out. Whatever. And if you know the show, you know what happens. And I'm like, no, nah, I'm not watching this anymore. Because no. it's too close to me. Like, I can't. Yeah. Now oh, now that I'm a father, I can't watch. Like, this stuff affects me differently. I'm like, nope. Great. See you later. I'm not even a parent. And I'm just like, this is. there. And, like, again, I realize that it's unrealistic and all that other stuff. But it's just like. And, like, I even have people in my comments like, it's not a zombie apocalypse. I'm like, I know. Okay. Like, it's just. I was I was using that as an all encompassing thing where I don't I don't want to. My big thing with all this stuff too is like I watch TV to either I watch TV for informative purposes. So I love watching yeah. documentaries. I love watching sports, obviously sports talk shows, and, and hearing different opinions and all that. Or I want like Thirty Rock for the third time that yeah. month. Like totally. I'm like I want to escape and I just want to laugh and I want to feel good. I don't want to like have these existential conversations with myself in my head and like also i'm in the camp that if there was some sort of end of the world scenario where masses the mass population like went extinct i don't want to survive that i'm I'm out out. yeah i don't want to survive it i'll take myself yeah i'm good right but it's so true i don't want to watch other people go through it like i watch bears football i get bummed out enough as (laughs) it is i don't need something else like i want to have some joy in my life like it's watching the bears like Next year, when the Bears are making the playoffs, perhaps I will indulge in some more shows like that. But until that time, it's not going to happen. We did see, by the way, um, did want to point this out. Luke Getze is at what is it? The Senior Bowl, Reese's Senior Bowl. Yeah, uh, Luke Getze right is uh, is heading it. By the way, I'm assuming the the practices are on NFL Network. They they have been in the past. It's a good, the senior bowl is, is one of my favorite things. I love it. I always used to watch the, pra- I love watching the practices yeah. and I would encourage and anybody, if you get an opportunity to go watch any of the senior bowl practices, go do it. A couple of years ago, I was watching it. There was this guy out of Eastern Washington who nobody had ever heard of. And his name was Cooper cup. And he emerged out of the senior bowl and uh, you'd kind of heard some things, but like, don't front, don't be this person. You didn't, yeah. you didn't watch, you did not watch Cooper cup in college. You just didn't. And it's fine. There's nothing wrong with it. You don't watch Eastern Washington games. It doesn't happen and it's fine. It's okay. So you started watching this guy in the senior bowl and he was great. Obviously great in practice was amazing in the game. And you're like, well, this guy is going to end up in the first round. Like, how do you not like you go out there right. and you watch it. And then, and then he goes to the underwear Olympics and does not perform as well. And that's, that's what they, that's what they docked him. They said, listen, we saw you playing football against other football players, and that was amazing, but you did not run well in spandex, so I got to dock you two rounds. The dumbest thing in the history of of human sports is this combine. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry to everybody. I know the NFL makes a ton of money off of it. Please watch it. Please watch dudes do the bench press. It's amazing. It's the stupidest thing of all time. We have enough tape on these guys. 
Watch the prep. Watch the practices on NFL Network. Now, mm-hmm. I do want to point out a couple of guys. Uh, our friend Brian Perez uh, yeah. is there. He pointed out a couple of guys. Nathaniel Dell is somebody. Uh, yeah, who I was going to talk about him. He made uh, big waves. Uh, Jonathan Mingo is a guy like a big physical guy. Uh, mm-hmm. I know everybody. Everybody knows who Jonathan Mingo is, and uh, I know I'm going to butcher the name of the Princeton wide receiver. So until I become more comfortable saying this name. I'm going to refer to him as the the Princeton the, the, the Princeton wide receiver. Uh, what did you think about? Did you see Nathaniel Dell? Or are you familiar with him, Carmen? Yeah, actually, weirdly enough, I was just watching some of what his game against Texas Tech the other night, and mm-hmm. um, again, he's like he's not super big. And the fact that his nickname is Tank, I even tweeted this. I was <laughs> like, if your nickname is Tank and you are as little as Nathaniel Dell is, like I already know you're a dude because you don't yeah. get that nickname. You guys get that nickname with sheer size. He doesn't have that. So he got it in another way. And that just to me means that he was super productive, but no, I was watching him against Texas tech. His route running is I think really where, where he makes his money. Even when they lined him up in the slot, he would always try to get to the outside. I don't think that he can hold up necessarily inside given his size, but he is super quick. His releases look fantastic. They, you can tell that they were just kind of scheming him up to try and get him those free releases. I don't know how good he would be, impress and trying to like be physical on the line itself that's probably his weakness but how his route running how shifty he was how agile and just how he created space for himself very very good and i understand why he is doing well now at the senior bowl i'm so i have the worst fomo right now rank like i have always gone to the senior bowl it's the first year i'm not going in so long and i like i love those practices the one-on-ones to no one's surprise are my favorite because you see the O-line and the D-line go against each other. And I am just like in that end zone every year and I love it. And now I don't get to be there and I'm so sad. I mean, it's because we're going to the Super Bowl next week, next week. So right. like, don't, I'm not, I'm, I don't, I'm not garnering any sympathy here, but the senior bowl is so good because it really lets you see guys that you're going to see more in like the second, third, fourth rounds of the draft. And like, I, again, we get so caught up in like these first round guys well, that's, that's one round of seven. Like you're going to have to, I, I like getting in the weeds a little bit more than that. And the senior bowl is so good for that. It was always my primer. So it's a lot of fun. Plus Winslow's oyster house. Oh, my huh. friend posted a picture from there and I just, I want to go there. It's, <laughs> the really place, it's the place to be. And of course, like, and I, I think of the senior bowl last week on total access, I was there with Steve Smith and Bucky Brooks. And Steve was telling a story too, when he went to the senior bowl, now, Steve obviously went to Utah. At the time, Utah was part of the Mountain West Conference. They were not a, a Power 5 team at this point. They're still very good. He went to the he went to the um he went to the Senior Bowl first practice, you know, and when you play in the Mountain West, it's all zone. It's all zone coverage. Yep. Yep. This was the first time that Steve was pressed. Pressed. Was really pressed. And he said that the first time it happened, one rep first rep in practice. They, he got he got beat up. He got blown off his spot. He wasn't expecting it. He wasn't ready. Steve goes, let's do it again. Like he didn't go back into line. He goes, we're mm-hmm. doing this again. And then immediately beat that guy, whoever it was. He wouldn't say who it was. We could probably go back and try to figure it out. Um, but he went back and he beat the guy. And it, that's the kind of stuff that comes out of the senior bowl. And so I want to go watch a little bit more Nathaniel Dell. Because when I yeah. hear it, because I saw your tweet about calling him tank. And when I think of a small guy who's like that, it made me think of Steve Smith. I remember one time mm-hmm. we were at the Super Bowl in Minneapolis and we we're on the demo field 
And they're like, Hey, try to, you know, like, let's go out and run routes. And Steve's lined up against me and Steve would not let me get, and I'm, I'm taller than he is. I weigh more than he is. He would not let me get past him. And I was like, I was, I was dumbstruck by just how strong he was. I'm like, Oh my God, this is what an NFL player. Feels. His, his son is, is junior, right? Steve Smith junior. Yeah. I am like that kid is going to be a pro bowler because like, yeah. I don't think that Steve is the type of dad that like lets his son win because he's little. Like yeah, he's, never. he's out there like swatting the ball away. Like, yeah. Because he just seems like that type of person. But I mean, that's like, but you get to see that kind of attitude though. And it's interesting the way that they're doing the coaching staffs at the senior bowl this year, because they're not doing NFL coaching staffs. Um, mm-hmm. They're, they're picking, they're picking from different places, but Luke, Luke Getze, is the cap is the head coach of one of the our teams. guys are there our guys are there and then yeah and polls and and matt eberflus are both there Eber- there was a picture of them um on the sideline so like you get to as coaches you and personnel you get to see these guys up close and you see those intangibles so like you see a guy like steve smith who you can see on tape you can see like what's wrong like what's you know you can see his measurables and stuff on tape and you can see what he can do against mountain west talent but then you go to an all-star game not only do you see him against better talent but then you can see that he's like no i'm gonna i'm gonna run it again like i'm gonna do that again i've never done that before but i'm gonna like robert hainsey is a really great example of that the buck center who ended up being a center this entire year for tom brady and snapping to tom brady he had never played center until the senior bowl of his his rookie season he had never played that position they wanted to see him at center at the senior bowl and he was like, sure, let me let me show you what I can do. I'll I'll figure it out. And lo and behold, he ends up be playing an entire season at center two seasons later. <laughs> it's snapping to Tom Brady. Like the the stories and stuff that come out of the senior bowl are just they're so cool. So um, great. especially like in hindsight. So like you're 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 seeing that in real time. So yeah, watch the practices, watch all the clips, consume all the content on uh, on Twitter. My old employer, the Draft Network, does a really good job of that too. So, like, because you're going to end up seeing these guys, you know, in the league down the line, you're going to be like, "Oh yeah, I remember seeing him do this, this, and this." Yeah, it's great. You'll go watch it, and then you'll overdraft Nathaniel Dell in your <laughs> fantasy leagues next year. And uh, speaking of fantasy football, underdog fantasy is the easiest way to play fantasy sports. It's simple to get started. Just head to underdogfantasy.com or download the app. Sign up using the promo code SICK and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. So make sure you go to Underdog Fantasy. Just have the app. There's not like, you think like fantasy's over just because we're at the Super Bowl? No, no, no. Super Bowl props are where it's at and it's so much fun on Underdog Fantasy. Go there, get that app, sign up and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. So listen. Go do it. Be a part of it. It's going to be a lot of fun. And of course, now that we're starting to watch some of these guys come through the senior bowl, you have fantasy interest in addition to what we got with the Chicago bears. Now I can't believe we've gone a half hour without taking a, a question. <laughs> so I apologize, Sammy. What do we got? What do we got going on? Don't make the bears 85 wait. You can interrupt us, Sammy. Let us know. Um, we have our dream off season, but what is the most realistic we can expect to be a nine and eight wildcard team? That is a turnaround I would love to see with I, without seeing the, the entire puzzle put together. Just looking at the box, Carmen, what is the most realistic thing? Because I, I, I feel like it's it ranges somewhere between what we saw out of the Lions this year with right. a little bit of uh, Jacksonville Jaguars mixed in. 
<laughs> um, I know that you don't like it when I say this, but I completely foresee them starting pretty slow again next year. Like, I don't foresee this being like an instant, like, we're going to bring all these new guys in and it's going to be great. And boom, we're going to have a ready, like, they're going to need time. And so I do feel like it's going to be, end up being more of a Lions type deal. And this is also where the rest of the NFC North comes into play because these guys are one, like the Lions are one year ahead of the Bears. Um, the Packers still not sure obviously what to make of them. If Aaron Rodgers is going to be there, if he's not, if it's sort of like, yada, 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 the Vikings also very close. Like this is potentially a very crowded division at the top. And so I don't foresee the bears necessarily making the postseason. Mm-hmm. but if they, I feel like they're, it's going to be one of those things though, where they might have a winning record and still not make the postseason. You know what I mean? Like no. they, they get to nine and eight and that's just not enough because of the division that they're in and the conference and whatever. So I could see that happen, but I do foresee kind of a slow start. They are more than welcome to shut me up and to prove me wrong. I would love that for for Chicago and for Bears fans, but I foresee it more of kind of a Lions thing where they start to figure it out and click maybe halfway through the season. I don't, I don't care when you take that tongue. I, I don't know. Cause I'm not going to allow it. I'm not going to, when we're in the playoffs <laughs> next year, I'm not, I'm going to tell Fox, I'm going to call Buck or Jacob Ullman up themselves and be like, don't let Carmen go to the playoff game. Cause she, I'm just teasing. I would never do that to you. I, um, I will, I will say this though. Um, a lot of it though. And, and this is, this is a cop out. This is the cop out. I will take because I, I foresee the lions being like a 12 win team next year. I can really see that. I, I don't, I don't have any problem saying that. Here's the thing about Jacksonville this season is so much of it was predicated on Houston being atrocious, right. like just the worst team. Like they were the an Titans awful collapsing. That's the thing that if the Titans win three, like it should have never gotten to that point. The mm-hmm. Titans win two extra games or one extra game. All, all the, the Titans win one extra game. And I, I don't think that the, the Jags make the playoffs Two, definitely not, but yeah. And that's the thing And Indianapolis just fell on their face. Yeah. So, and they hired Jeff Saturday. So like, there were a lot of things that went into Jacksonville being so good that there's a little bit, a little bit of fool's gold there. Not a lot. I yeah. listen. I think that Jacksonville is probably the leader in the clubhouse right now mm-hmm. uh, to, follow, to follow a TPC term, obviously. But I think like Detroit was a better team. Like Detroit was one of those squads at the end of the season. Like they're better than the Vikings are. They're better than the Giants. Who else was in the playoffs? They were probably better than Tampa Bay. Probably would have beaten all three of those teams. I'm mm-hmm. I'm not ashamed to say it. I hate saying it, but I'm not ashamed to say it. I think that the Lions are going to be there. For the Bears, part of the Bears' success next year will, number one, be like, what happens with Green Bay? Like, if they decide to move on from Aaron Rodgers, and of course he was on the Pat McAfee show on Tuesday, talking like, I don't know. And then he also alludes to the fact, like, they had conversations that I'm not right. a part of. Like, okay. We, we see where this is headed. The Packers could end up being very bad next year. Like that's, that's a realistic outcome. They're young. The Vikings, they're really they're young, young too. So they're young. Who knows? Like how much did Aaron Rodgers cover up everything that was going wrong? The Vikings were what? 14 and oh, in one score. It was ridiculous. It wasn't that big, but no, like 11, 11, 11, yeah. 11, 11 and 0, 11 and one. If you go, if you split that, if you regress to the mean of being like 50, 50, that's an average team, which I think that they are. I don't think there's anything special 
about the Minnesota Vikings outside of Justin Jefferson. I think that's a very just like, okay, that's an NFL team that could go 12 and five as easily as they could go five and 12. I just, I, I, you won't, you won't get me off that point. I know you hate when I talk. I know you hate when I talk like that about the Vikings. I listen, I will dap up the, the lions. I believe in the lions, the Vikings. Nope. I am not playing ball. I will not concede any. And I like Kirk cousins. I like him, but I'm like, yeah, he could lose a bunch of games as much as he could win them. That's going to be a big, that's going to be a big key of what the bears are going to end up being next season. How do they do in the division? Do they split it? Do they go four and two? Do they go five and one. Do they go one and five? Like there's, there's a lot of variables there. So I think that's going to be one of the biggest things. So I, but I think the bears 85, I think that nine and eight, I think I can, I think that's very doable. I will predict them to win 12 games, but don't worry about me. Uh, I'm not doing, I'm not doing yeah. my thing. Um, do we have time? Do we have time? Let's do one more question. I know you got to leave in like three minutes. Uh, what if we draft right now? Stop it. Wait, what if we draft Bryce young and trade fields and still get Carter? <laughs> not bad. Stop it. Stop it. Tread and center 95. I won't hear of this. I don't, I don't want, like, it's, it's the devil, you know, right? Like I would much rather continue to build. And that's what, I mean, they're doing. They've already started the process of building around Dustin Fields. I know for mm-hmm. as much, how, as, for as many holes as there are on the offense, this still kind of like the planning stages of building around Justin Fields. And it's like, why do you want to tear that part down? Why do you want to start all over with an unknown, like, we, yes, Bryce Young is by far and away the best quarterback like in this class, but I'm not entirely convinced that if Justin Fields was coming out, it, like in this class, he would he would probably be number one. He'd he would be number one ahead of Bryce Young. So I'm like, why would you go and take Bryce Young and have to figure that out when you know exactly what Justin Fields needs to work on? You know what he's good at. You know how you can build a team around him. And like you can still very conceivably trade down, get a bunch of extra picks, get Jalen Carter, and then you still have Justin Fields. Like, I'm with you. Don't I'm with you. It. I've got an analogy for this, but I also know you got to get going. So uh, I'm going to let you go right now. By the way, you're probably okay. going to show up. You're probably going to show up at Slice in New York, two blocks from my house here, and post pictures of it three days later. Be like, you're right there. But uh, thanks for being here. Uh, what, what do you got going on for the rest of the week? What can people expect coming out of you? Yeah, um, really a lot of it is setting up for next week. And yep. I will be detailing the Philadelphia Eagles journey through uh, Super Bowl. What are we, 57 at this point? Whatever. Um, yeah, Use real no, numbers or I don't care. I am I am covering the Philadelphia Eagles for Fox Sports Ooh, um, cool. throughout, throughout this entire thing. So from opening night to through the game, I will be attached at the hip to the Philadelphia Eagles and rep- as the NFC representative in the Super Bowl. So it's going to be real fun. I love it. Well, we'll look forward to that coverage. I'm not sure if we'll see you next week, but if we do, it'll be awesome. If not, we'll yeah. keep tabs on you and uh, be watching all your stuff and listening to all your stuff and following you at foxsports.com. The great Carmen Vitale. Thanks so much for being here. And uh, we will talk to you soon. Get her out of here. She's got to go. She's got places. She's got She's got important things to do. Uh, I still want to take some questions if it's cool. What I will say this though, I want to go back to um to what that young person, man. Well, I don't know. Listen, here's the thing with the quarterback situation. You got to look at quarterbacks like cars. You know, once you drive a quarterback off the lot, they lose value. 
And that's what happens with Justin Fields. Now, obviously, as Carmen was saying, you look at Justin Fields, he would be the number one quarterback in the NFL, uh, in this NFL draft coming out without a doubt, not, not, not even a question in my mind. The problem is, is he's already got two years in his contract gone and everything. So it's about, he's, he's, he's a pre-owned quarterback, pre-owned quarterbacks do not get the draft capital as these guys like Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, uh, Will Levis, all those guys to me. The value comes with these teams that are going to be trading. Now, with uh, DeMarco, D'Amico Ryans being hired as the head coach of the Houston Texans, there's an opportunity that, well, they're, for sure the Texans are, are going to take a quarterback. What, what it means is, does DeMarco, D'Amico, does he have a quarterback in mind? If he comes into this job and he's determined that he has to have Bryce Young, that he needs this quarterback, then it's going to be a a king's ransom for Bryce Young. Uh, if he comes in and if he's like, well, I could have him or CJ Stroud, it doesn't matter to me. Okay, fine. He'll they'll stay at two. Take the quarterback who isn't drafted. That's fine. Worked out well. It sort of worked out for the uh, the Washington football team a couple of years ago when they ended up with RG three. Instead of Andrew Luck, I know the injury situation turned out the way that it was, but RG3 was just as exciting uh, as Andrew Luck, especially during their rookie seasons. If he doesn't get hurt in that playoff game against the Seahawks, a lot of things, a lot of things can be different. So then you you still have the situation though with Indianapolis. Now, Indianapolis at number four is still always going to be in play because like they they're at a risk right now of not getting any quarterback. What does Indianapolis think? If they determine that they need Bryce Young, and they're like, "Well, we gotta we gotta pay up for this price to get Bryce Young." Then we're starting to talk about the number four overall pick. Then we end up with Aaron Carter or Jalen Carter, or the guys. You look at it that way, or what might be again. This is probably the best case scenario, and I'm not saying that it's going to happen because I still feel like Tom Brady is going to end up in Las Vegas. But you look at Las Vegas, Carolina, Tennessee. Teams that would have to give up a lot. You would have to give up this year's number one, this year's number two, next year's number one, 2025's number one. To move up from seven, eight, or 11, that's going to cost you three years of number one draft picks. And I know a lot of people are looking at those guys. They're looking at the two defensive studs this season be like, look, we can, we can use this pick. We can move down a little bit grab some capital and still get one of these two stud defense. I I'm of the mind that there's, there's plenty of studs in this draft. The more I talk about it, the more I think about this, I look at a team like Carolina who just hired Frank Reich. I look at him and say, look, you need this. You need this number one overall pick. It just costs you three years of number ones. You got your quarterback of the future. I think it's very uh, a very plausible situation, and I think it's the best one. And when you think about Ryan Poles and Ian Cunningham, who's already determined to be here for the long haul, at least one more season, you look at this, this is the long con. This is the, am I investing? It's like when you're sitting down to watch a television show as opposed to watching a movie. Sometimes you just want to watch a movie. You know what? I want to sit here. I want to watch San Andreas. I want to spend the hour and a half be entertained. That's going to be that. 
sometimes you're like, you know what? I'm going to invest in four seasons of this television show. And I'm watching one on Netflix. That could be where Ryan Pohl, like if Ryan Pohl's like, he's got nowhere to go. He's here for the long haul. Do you want to be one of these teams like the Kansas City Chiefs that are going to be around for a long time, that every year you're going to be in the playoffs, you're going to be annoying? Imagine, imagine this situation. Let's say it's the Raiders. Let's fine. But let's just say it's Carolina's pick, number eight. And perhaps, and I don't, I don't think, and again, if you make this trade, I know a lot of people are like, we'll throw in D, they're not going to throw in DJ Moore. If you're going to draft a young quarterback, you want DJ Moore there. You already got rid of Christian McCaffrey. There's a ton of second round picks that the Carolina Panthers have to give away. Start, start digging into those. Again, it's the same, it's the same, it's the same concept with the wide receivers that I was just talking about. Where the resale value, the resale value of a DJ Moore, I mean, it doesn't always work. Like I, you look at look at the Tennessee Titans this year. You know, I think he would have, I think he would have rather have kept the pre-owned AJ Brown as opposed to the brand new Traylon Burks, but we'll see how that works out over the next couple of seasons. But in any event, if you can get three years of first round picks, that to me sounds like the way to go. And it's the way that I'm starting to come around to thinking. Because it just, again, it just makes so much sense. All right, Sammy, how about another question, though? Oh, my gosh. Don't make them wait. Uh, give, me your, give me your optimistic take on how many new starters the Bears uh, through drafts. Like, all of them. Like, we're going to have so many new starters. Okay, so let's say we're going to get, let's say we get pain. I, I think we're going to get one big extravagant, extravagant splurge on the defensive line. And we're going to get pain. And again, I don't want to go through, I don't want to get into the nitty gritty because I'm still starting. I'm still in this season. Like we were talking about this on total access a couple of days ago. Like we haven't really, like, I want to turn my mind onto the free agency who's going to be available. And they keep telling me, they're like, rank, you get that in a couple of weeks, get us through the Super Bowl, And then you can go hog wild on all these scenarios about the bears, about the number one pick. We'll give you we'll give you segments on total access to come talk about this, but please talk about the here and now. So I don't have the exact names, but let's be let's be realistic. Okay, here's what we're gonna do: we're gonna sign one big named free agent on the defensive line. That's a given. That's gonna happen. Then we're gonna sign some players. So I'm like, okay, okay, all right, that's a good player. Like nothing earth shattering. You know, it's not going to be like Joey Bosa's joining the, the Bears, but we're going to find role players. Even like Justin Jones this year, who is a good, solid player. You know, there's something to be said about solid players who go out there, who fit the scheme, who play very well, and uh, you're just a solid football player. Not everybody needs to be a superstar. Like, I think that's one of the things that we get locked into when we're talking about free agency is everybody looks at the stars. Who are the stars? Like, listen, we're going to we're going to sign a superstar defensive lineman. That's going to be a given. We're going to bring in. There's going to be a linebacker or two who come in. I think Jack Sanborn uh, is obviously going to start next season. I think we're okay at linebacker. I think we're better off at linebacker than a lot of people give us credit for. I think in the defensive secondary, our two safeties are good. We're set there. We will sign a cornerback who ends up starting. And I don't know if he's going to be on the outside or if he's going to be on the inside, but we're going to need to sign another corner who's going to provide some depth. He Again, it's not going to be a superstar type guy. It's going to be a, 
I don't want to say it's, it's not Eli Apple, but somebody who you're like a familiar name to you, you'll be like, oh, I, I've, I've heard of that guy. It's not like signing Deion Sanders, but it's like signing a good player. And you know what? Honestly, that's what you need right now. We got good corners. Jalen Johnson's good. I think we'll extend him. Got Kyler Gordon. We just need another corner, but whatever. He doesn't have to be a super. He doesn't have to be a pro bowler. He doesn't need to be an all pro. That's going to happen offensively. Uh, we're going to sign an offensive lineman who's going to come in and start. That's going to happen. We are going to sign a tight end so we can run more 12 personnel. Now, we love the family guy. He was fine. Uh, Griffin is a good player. But we need another guy. And for a lot of people, they're thinking about Mike Kosicki. He's good. He's a he's a receiver, though. He doesn't block. Cole Komet, if, you, if you're locked into like, Cole Komet can block. He's good at that role. We need a guy who could just catch the football. Gesicki might be the answer there. It's a fun, it's a fun option. I don't hate that at all. I kind of like Austin Hooper, who I could see being available this year. Austin Hooper comes in, he can block and he can catch. I think he's the big Austin Hooper to me is the best of both worlds. So that's I would kind of like that. I'm hopeful that David Montgomery is still going to be our running back. Uh, I like that he came out this week and was kind of shutting people down. Like, hey, we've heard a lot of heard a lot of stuff out there. People making stuff up. I hope that it's going to be David Montgomery. I'm not giving up on that. By the way, if David Montgomery is watching, come on the show, buddy. I'll give you. Listen, we we want we'll we'll we'll, we'll work around your schedule. Come on the show. We want you. Here's my thing. There's going to be a wide receiver added. And this is before the draft. So this is all before the draft. I don't know if we trade for a guy. I don't know. I don't know what the cost is going to be for DeAndre Hopkins. If we end up in a situation where DeAndre Hopkins is traded, similar to what happened last year with Amari Cooper, you get a fourth round pick, fifth round, whatever it is. I could see us going after DeAndre Hopkins. Otherwise, I think we're going to go younger. I think again, we'll just get guys, not MVS, not, not, uh, Nicole Hartman, somebody like that, but they'll get a wide receiver at some point. And then you start drafting just like, who's the best guy available. If we fall down to seven or eight or trade down to seven or eight and Skaronsky's there, boom, there's a guy, um, the Ohio state wide receiver, fine. All those guys. I, I think there's a lot, there's going to be a lot of flexibility, with things that are going to be going on. It's going to be an exciting off season. All right, Sammy, what else do we got? Uh, can you imagine if Khalil Mack, you know what? It's funny to talk about. I like the optics of it. And honestly too, like if you think about this, Khalil Mack, not the player that he was in 2018. I think we can all admit that if he came back on a team friendly deal, I like the optics of it, but it rarely happens. And I think for Khalil Mack, I, again, like, it's fun. It's fun to think about. I would love to have it. I still got a Cleo Mac jersey. Uh, you thought you might have seen me wearing that on uh, on Instagram a couple of weeks ago. Went to go watch the Chargers and Jags. Said, I'll support. I'll wear a Khalil Mac jersey. The problem with guys like Khalil Mac is that at this point of their lives, they want to go win. So they're going to be looking for like one of those short, like, can they go to Dallas, Philadelphia? Um, who else? Kansas City, even. 
maybe go if he was going to go back to one oh no he wouldn't go back to las vegas because they don't have Derek carr and by the way Derek carr's in the pro bowl which to me is one of the greatest things of all time so it would be fun to uh to see uh khalil mack come back i don't think it's feasible because he's going to go to a winner if he gets released he's going to a winner miami miami would make a lot of sense jacksonville jacksonville needs some help i could see that he's going to go somebody that's a little bit closer to winning uh do we have any more sammy what do we got going uh do you see any trends in teams who get to coach in the senior bowl and the active you know what um absolutely that happens all the time i mean as a matter of fact going back to the the Cooper Cup situation. I, I I believe it was the Rams staff uh that was uh watching the senior bowl there. By the way, don't tell me it was the Bears. I know that it was I know the Bears missed out one season. Maybe it was Fox's year. I thought the Rams I thought the Rams were there when they got when they got Cooper Cup. I don't want to say for sure, but usually like there's a lot, there's there's a lot to be said. But typically especially with these small town, uh, small town, small time schools. I think uh, if I'm not mistaken, and I could be, and I'm probably trying to romanticize this, but like the year Khalil Mack was drafted, I think the Raiders were doing that. I'll have to go back and check because that's a pretty good, that's something I should know. And I'll have one of our NFL researchers uh, look that up for me as well. But uh, I listen, having Luke Getzey there, unbelievable. Because think about this, like, why did they bring in these players like Equinemius St. Brown? They always, you see this all the time. Like these guys go from one team to another. They bring in guys that they're familiar with. Now you get an opportunity to work with them and practice, see what they're all about and do all that stuff. Um, I think it makes a lot of sense. So I think that the Bears are in a great position. And again, we saw Matt Eberflus down there. We saw Ryan Poles down there. These guys are getting after it. You should be very excited about the potential of what it's going to happen this year in the draft. And really, not only with what the when you th- when you think about this, now we keep seeing the graphic, the uh the available, the available cap space. The Bears, it looks like what was it like 98 mil? What was the graphic? It was like 98 mil, whatever it is. They're t- double, double whatever the number two team is. Free agency wise, it's incredible. And you also combine that with having the first overall pick in the draft and not needing a quarterback. That's why this is going to be such a huge offseason, why we're going to continue to break this down and have a lot of fun. Now, we did have uh, scorching hot takes scheduled for today. We ran out of time for that because uh, Carmen had to run. We are going to do that at the end of the show, so we'll kick that down the road to next week. Actually, it might be a couple of weeks. We'll do that after the Super Bowl because she's going to be very busy. I don't know if we're going to be able to see her next week, but in any event, uh, we'll be back. We'll be back uh, next Tuesday. Uh, We're going to start producing some shorts for the website. Uh, We've got a couple in the can right now that are are being produced. Our our guy, Sammy, is putting those together. We got two on hold that will be coming out for you shortly. We're going to continue to try to to, uh, to get interviews going. I've been in contact with the Bears, uh, of course, with the coaching staff down to the Senior Bowl. Uh, They're not really available right now. But we're going to try to get some interviews. So don't be afraid or don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Keep an eye out. So we might be dropping some special episodes as well. But what you can count on is each and every Tuesday, we will continue to be here to take it or take it to the rank. And uh, so can count on that uh, on through the draft. We're going to start doing some some shows on location. We'll be down at Rip Beer Company here in the near future. We're going to have a draft party at Rip Beer Company this year. Remember that 
Put that under your calendars. If you're going to be in the Southern California area, draft night, that Thursday night, we'll be at Rip Beer Company, PCH location. It is going to be a time and a half. And uh, I know a lot of people love love the uh, the Magnolia location, but I'm loyal to our friends over on the PCH side. So in any event, I uh, want to thank everybody for being here. Thanks to uh, Carmen Vitale for stopping by. And of course, big thanks to Anello and Sammy for putting this all together. So until next week, everybody, bear down. And we'll see you then. Sammy, go ahead and play us out. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Adam Rank on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. Brought to you by Underdog Fantasy.